This is JCU Conversations, a podcast show from James Cook University, Singapore. Tune in as we ask experts in the industry more about their lives and their approach to success. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Let's listen to today's episode. Hi, I'm Dr. Marisha Garwal, business lecturer at James Cook University, Singapore. Our guest today is Professor Abhishek Bhatti. He is the campus dean and head of learning, teaching, and student engagement for the Singapore campus of James Cook University. His research interests lie in tourist behavior management, resilience planning, and scholarship of teaching and learning. Welcome, Abhishek. Thank you so much for joining us today. Hi, Manisha, and thank you for having me. It's a pleasure to have you here. So, Abhishek, I know it's a big job that you're handling. So, why not we start by asking, what is on a daily basis? What does your campus dean responsibility look like? Well, it is. It's a lot, to be honest. But yeah, as it in a, in a layman's term, campus dean role is um, starting from admissions, enrollment, making sure that students go through all their the learning and teaching, go through the classes, the assessment, and make sure that they graduate towards the end. The important thing is that um, I want to ensure that we have proper systems of checks and balance for academic right. governance, part of the operations, so that the the students are are getting the best deal, what we have promised them. All right. So that means you are handling the students very from the very beginning when they step into the university and the point when they graduate. If if I'm right. Yeah, that, that, that's correct. It's in all the way from admissions to, to, the, to the point that they graduate. Sure. And I think it's, it's good to have that oversight of how these students develop over time, yeah. how we value add to these students who, who come not just from Singapore, but from many other countries in the mm-hmm. region. Yeah. And, and, and when they come to Singapore, they're new to Singapore. Some of them have traveled overseas for the very first time. Yeah. And, and you know, we need to make sure that they're comfortable, yeah. they're taken care, they know what to expect from the university education. Of when course. they come onto the campus, you know, uh, the experience that they want to have in the classrooms, you know, how they familiarize themselves with the content, with the teaching faculty, um, other support systems on campus. And yeah. it's not just about learning. It's also about having fun, yeah. making friends from, yeah. you know, students from other countries, mm. getting involved in the range of campus activities. Yeah. So, yeah, so we need to work together with other departments on campus so that yeah. uh, we can provide holistic learning experience to our students, yeah. however long they stay with us, you know. And and these students, they sign up for, you know, uh, it's not it's not like going for a movie for three hours or two and a half hours, but yeah. they sign up for a few, few yeah, years with larger. JCU. And it's a very important phase of their life. So we need to take care of that. Awesome. That's that's yeah. that's very amazing job that you're doing. So Abhishek, can I check with you, you know, what was your uh, inspiration that led you to uh, do your research interest in tourism behavior and management? Can you share with us? Oh yeah, that's that's interesting. That's that goes back a few years, you know. Yeah. Even before I, I started on my my PhD, um, you know, my PhD, or my my initial research is on on vandalism. So vandalism is about uh, crime by tourists. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of research done on crime against tourists, where tourists have been the victim. But here, what I was studying is that how tourists themselves are the perpetrator. They are the ones who have been responsible for. You know, vandalism, so such as graffiti. In some places, graffiti is normal, but in other places, it's not. Littering, breakage, yep. you know, and other forms of uh, 
and anti-social activities and that 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 these tourists get into so being a, a, a tourist uh, avid visitor myself so yeah. when i visited several other tourist destinations i saw some fellow tourists not behaving in the way that they're protecting the 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 tourist element the tourism yes. elements where they're visiting i'll give you a good example um you know when we visited the the great barrier reef we had several tourists from other countries who would snorkel next to the reef and and they would use their you know um you know their uh, the paddlers so rig- vigorously that it would damage some of the corals yeah. so you got to be a little bit considerate yeah. and and then i you know being in academia I, w- i was chatting with one of the professors uh, who eventually became my supervisor professor philip pierce um, he passed away a couple of years ago god mm-hmm. bless his soul uh, but i was chatting with him and he said Abhishek this is a very good topic you know yeah. do you want to pursue you want to do more research and pursue a thesis in it i said wow that's great yeah. and that's that was that's history and that's that's where i started my journey on on tourists and tourist behaviors yeah. and over time i worked on several other projects looking into how can we manage tourist behaviors mm-hmm. so that tourists themselves can be uh, uh, responsible for taking care of the environment the host community which they are visiting yeah. and and um, and 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 also uh, protect the the tourism features for the next generations to come by so yeah. that's an element of sustainable tourism as well wow bishek i think you are lucky one of those you know who always have this aha moment to start their research you know so that's that's nice to hear so bishek you know the one of the topic that recently we are facing about climate change you know we mm. everybody is talking about climate change so what do you think what is your uh, view views or perspectives about uh, carb- climate change or low carbon tourism what do you think about it yeah well climate change in my opinion it's for real you know it is happening um you know what are the reasons for it is it's, it's it's let's not get there some people say it's evolutionary others say it's because of human activity but there is there is marked changes in climate and and tourism has a role to it because tourism is part of consumption yeah uh, it it consumes um you know uh, when 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 the tourist goes to the the environment to a new tourism place they consume Uh, activities there you know yeah. there's food and beverage consumption there's consumption of energy you know yes. which is electricity water other forms of energy and sometimes when you are as a tourist you think that you could let yourself loose and and you could be a little bit more carefree in your in your consumption of these things so when people stay in um, hotels hotel rooms they might not switch on the aircon or leave the water running for a long time yeah. or keep the shower on for 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 a certain period of time or when they go out to restaurants to eat they might order more than what they can eat and yes. that might lead to excess wastage many restaurants they they provide food for buffets and others and, and a lot of those those uh, food then got get wasted just a few examples that how yeah. uh, you know every activity leads to carbon generation and adds to the carbon footprint mm-hmm. so so one of the things that um, i'm working with my fellow colleagues is looking into low carbon tourism yeah. how we can develop a range of activities mm-hmm. you know so that that can reduce the carbon footprint that tourists are uh, generating they're still having that the fun and joy and you know the, the escape factor which they're looking for in um, and tourism still have experiences which they want to have yes. but you know uh, have low impact of of their activities another another uh, pointed impact which is going to bring me to the next point is travel air travel yes. so whenever people are traveling especially long haul travel yeah. there's a lot of 
carbon generated through through the fuel that's that's burnt in um, in in airlines travel so now i'm in a conversation with singapore tourism board and and the, and the local media of developing you know the southern islands of singapore into tourism destinations so i've yeah. more recently I've, i've 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 spoken in channel news asia as well as writing a piece uh in um, developing southern islands now this is more close to singapore and yeah. those who are in singapore would appreciate what i'm saying you know islands like like kusu lazarus uh, st john's sisters islands you know and there there are six range of these islands where you could you could develop these islands into special interest tourism yeah and it's not just that but also uh it's not just these islands are for attracting international tourists but become a destination for domestic tourism yeah. where singaporeans don't have to go overseas you yes. know and and they can they can just get on a ferry and 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 go to these islands you know they can either go for day trips go there have a family picnic mm-hmm. or some islands can 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 develop accommodation on those and then then you know the accommodation can uh, people can, can go stay, there and stay there stay, for yes. for weekend stay mm-hmm. and what does that do that makes it uh uh for for singaporeans uh, for people from the region mm-hmm. they they can go to a tourist destination which is nearby yeah. they don't have to travel far, far away, away so it saves time saves money it has less carbon footprint mm-hmm. and each one of these islands could be developed for specific activities yeah. you know like for example sisters island has a good eco ecotourism yes. um, or environmental friendly environment so they can develop into marine marine reserve whereas uh, you know pulau ubin has a very nice uh, nature reserve check java that could have a marine footprint um, lazarus could be developed into um, you know an example would be uh, looking into uh, water sports and other things you know so yeah. that uh, different types of tourists can go to different islands um and this will also help attract international tourists because yeah. one of the things that stb is trying to do is grow the number of tourists coming to singapore yeah you know, and uh, and and make them stay longer in singapore so this becomes added exactly. attraction for those people you know yeah. i recall going to places like thailand and um, philippines and go island hopping you know yeah. get on a ferry or a speedboat and spend the entire day just island hopping why can't we do it in singapore the same yeah, thing yeah amazing yeah. yeah that's very inspirational abhishek and you know that leaves me thinking you know uh, how do you, because you're doing such inspirational research how do you inspire inspire your own students or you try to in, uh, engage them or foster the passion of learning and teaching and uh, tourist related tourism related research for them what how do you achieve try to achieve that oh yeah that's a big one yeah and probably and <laughs> um, um in order to motivate someone you have to reach out to their their own motivations mm-hmm. what's in it for them mm-hmm. why would a person do research why should a person learn about a specific uh, content in a in a subject or a course so if they really need if if they identify or they know the benefit of you know what these subjects or the content will give them whether it's employability whether it is giving them more knowledge whether it is making them better person yeah. both individually or professionally then they feel more motivated so whether it is young students who are out of high school or mature students who are doing a master level sub course or even a phd mm-hmm. if they if they feel they are motivated they will automatically be engaging mm-hmm. see education at any level it cannot be one way it it has to be a a a two way process. Uh, process because yes. you know uh the teachers and academics can do as much mm-hmm. at the end of the day the students need to play their role as well and yeah. and and if both parties 
know what is expected of them if both parties play the role then the outcomes of education will definitely will be there as i said the outcome could be anything could be yeah. employability to just creation of knowledge mm-hmm. so i try to do that i try to create uh, 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 right expectations yeah. you know i try to work with my colleagues and mm-hmm. in in also training them so that they set the expectation at this with the students and at the same time they also deliver what the students expect of them yeah. so then there's congruency in in the role and expect expectations i think yeah what you said is very important i think it makes sense that you know setting the right expectations is very important and i think that has been uh, one of the key factors setting jcu singapore students for success i would believe so abhishek you know as you know that jcu singapore is celebrating its 20th anniversary this year so uh, can you reflect on the university's journey since its founding and the key milestones that have shaped its growth and success mm yes absolutely manisha yes jcu is celebrating its 20th anniversary this year 2023 and you know of course there there are many colleagues who have been here longer than i have been but i consider myself as part of the furniture <laughs> here and sometimes i'm older than the furniture i've been here several years and yeah. i have seen the organization grow from where it was to what it is now so um i know in 2003 when jcu started we had less than 60 students and today we have yeah. about 4500 students yeah. when i joined 16 years ago that's that seems like a long time yeah. we had about 600 students and again we have we have grown about 6 7 times in mm-hmm. the last uh, several last two decades i should say so when i was there about decade and a half for 15 years and what we did in this 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 journey uh while i have seen is that jcu was always here to um to contribute to the talent pool that yeah. singapore and the region wanted so we started with clinical clinical psychology because there was a shortage of clinicians in singapore yeah. we we looked at developing a range of psychology courses so that we can develop uh, um, you know a steady stream of graduates who are good at research skills you know because psychology gives them that good research skills um sometime back singapore having was having issues with counselors so we launched a masters of guidance and counseling there was shortage of uh, earliest teachers we launched our bachelors of education which focus on early childhood education and more recently you know there's been this conversation about food security mm-hmm. how singapore being an island nation can can be you know self sufficient in food food needs yes. well they can it's difficult to be self sufficient yeah but you know how we can make more progress yeah. and and jcu then launched aquaculture yeah growing fish for food yeah. and and creating well white fish being the probably the most sustainable source of natural protein there are other ways of getting protein no doubt but that that's one such way of doing it and we are we are probably the front runners uh, not just in the region but globally mm-hmm. in terms of aquaculture and aquaculture yeah. research and that's what we're doing here yeah. so some of these examples just state that you know um, we as a university are in singapore for the long haul mm-hmm. we uh, have contributed to the talent pool of singapore and the region you know um, as i mentioned jcu has about 4500 students two thirds of them are international to singapore yes. so that means we also you know adding to the talent pool and the knowledge worldwide. contribution to other countries yes. you know in the region and beyond you know mm-hmm. mostly asia but yeah, we also get students from from europe and mm-hmm. and some from other 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 continents but primarily asia mm-hmm. and and so that's 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 i i take great pride in you know that we are we have graduates and alums not just in singapore or back in australia yeah. but in other countries as well 
Wow, that sounds amazing, Abhishek. So, Abhishek, do you want to share any memorable stories or anecdotes from your time with JCU that is more personal to you with JCU? Um, well, there, 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 <laughs> don't get me started. There could be plenty, you know, in terms of you know, uh, memorable incidents and so forth. But one thing that I, I really recall, I, I'll, I'll talk about two incidents here. Yeah. One is um, both related to graduations, you know, yeah. because graduation ceremonies are probably the happiest moment that uh, any 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 university or any academic could have, you know. So, um, you know, one such graduation was where we having a lot of graduates come through. And this was probably our first graduation ceremony in person after the, the COVID-19 pandemic. Yes. And I think a lot of graduates, they were very excited. And there were some who, as, as they walked across the stage, they were, they were jumping and some were using different antiques. So the entire crowd, because graduation is supposed to be a very formal affair, so the entire crowd became, you know, very livid and they were mm -hmm. laughing. So we academics on the stage were also, you know, uh, very excited about how these various graduates are, are, are being more expressive and yeah. are, 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 some of them are dancing, some of them are hopping. There's one who became a fish and then they kept jumping on the stage. <laughs> wow. it, was, it was just amazing how these graduates, you know, were celebrating their, their moment, you know, uh, in person again. So that, that was a wonderful experience. The other experience is my own experience when, when that, that goes back uh, a few, few years when I did my own PhD and, uh, I was going through the graduation and I'm, I'm a JCU uh, alum as well. Wow. I did my PhD with JCU and I graduated here in Singapore. So when I was uh, going through the stage, um, you know, uh, it so happened that when, when, when the name is called, then, then the crowd would just applaud. Yeah. And, uh, and then, of course, the applaud will die down with time and the person will walk to the chancellor and the chancellor will award them with the testema. Mm -hmm. But I just kept waiting and waiting and waiting <laughs> for people to stop clapping and applauding. And that was, that was an overwhelming moment for me. I'm sure. But that just didn't stop. And yeah. that's simply because a lot of people who are graduating students, yeah. I had taught them. So yeah. they knew me. Yeah. And all the people, other people in the audience were my colleagues as well. Mm -hmm. and, and even behind me on the stage, there were a lot of other colleagues. Again, that was an overwhelming moment for me. And these are some memories that are are, are going to stick with me forever, Manisha. Wow, that sounds so beautiful and an amazing time while you were graduating, Abhishek. Yeah, yeah. So Abhishek, can I ask you, you know, that another question which is a bit different that, you know, celebrating diversity and inclusivity is is the talk of the, you know, uh, whether it's academy or industry or, or wherever. So what do you think, what is JCU Singapore's approach on diversity and inclusion? Mm. How do we encourage people uh, best practice such practices in JCU? Mm. I think it's, it's a very good question, Manisha. Um, and the way I would like to answer it through our, our values, you know, and, you know, I would like to highlight two main values here. One is respect. Respect is where you respect people from, um, you know, diverse backgrounds, whether cultural, religious, uh, demographics, uh, learning needs, you know, any, any other forms of uh, yes. uh, uh, um, uh, differentiations or or you know markers that we can differentiate individuals. So that's important. Recognition for everyone and respecting them for what they are, that's crucial. Another important value that JCU has is integrity. Okay. Whatever we do, we do it with integrity. So you don't focus on the student and the background or where students comes from, but we look at the need and what how we as 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 that educators need to impart knowledge or to help students with their learning needs or any other issues that the student have. So if we live our values, we definitely are able to be more inclusive, more diverse. And, and 
I guess our current student body is a testimony of that. You know, yeah. um, we have students from close to 50 countries. Wow. And it's not just the student population, even our staff, both academic staff as well as professional staff. They yeah. come from very many different countries. So my own teams, when I work going to meetings, you have at least five or 10 nationalities in a meeting room. Wow. When you go in a classroom and you talk to students, there are 10, 15 nationalities in a classroom. Mm-hmm. So that adds to the diversity and the richness of the conversation. But they also... Uh, you know, inculcate the value of mm-hmm. inclusiveness. Um, you know, our students become more aware of the differences they have and how they respect each of those differences and 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 continue to embrace differences. And I think that's really important in celebrating diversity. Yeah, I think Abhishek, in our current context, we can we can keep talking about diversity and inclusion. Absolutely. But I think let me ask you the very last question now. That you know, looking ahead, what are universities or your insp- aspirations and goals for the future as the university embarks on the next chapter? Yeah, so we've been JCU has been in Singapore for twenty years, and I'm sure there would be many more decades that JCU will continue to contribute to higher education landscape in Singapore and the region. And and what we have always done, and 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 as which is consistent with JCU's purpose or mission, as you would say, so is the two main pillars of research and of course education through our graduates, how we can continue to add to the talent pool through our research, how we can create more knowledge, how we can celebrate creativity, mm-hmm. and and make the world a better place for everyone to live in. You know, um, the university is always focused on specific region geographic region in other words you can call them tropics you know but yeah as tropics becomes our immediate context yes but of course that doesn't limit us to the tropics but how we can we can contribute to the tropics and beyond and i'm sure jc will continue to do so here in singapore and of course through operations back in back in australia wow so the future looks bright for jcu singapore and jcu australia abhishek can i ask you one more question Let's say, you know, if I if you are given an opportunity to go back in time, let's say when you were 21 or 25, what is the advice that you want to give to your younger self? Ah, okay. So 25 was which was like last year for me, is it? <laughs> no, just <laughs> yes. joking. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. See, it's always good to reflect on your experiences and how you would do things differently, you know, when you, you were much younger. And then my advice to... A younger Abhishek, which was 2021, or probably even others who are going through that that phase now, is not to take things too seriously. Yeah. You know, it's really important to to do what you want to do, follow your passion, yes. and then keep doing what you want to do. You know, um, don't worry so much about the outcome because if you do things with passion and and you're committed, then the outcomes will be good anyway. Mm-hmm. So if you worry too much about the outcomes, then you 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 do not put 100% in the actual thing that you are doing. So enjoy life uh, yeah. where possible. Make new friends. Mm-hmm. You know, networking is crucial, very important. Make new friends. And as they say, you know, uh, people are as good as the friends that they have. Mm-hmm. So, you know, um, that, that's, that's again a very important advice to, to a young Abhishek or to youngsters who are going through that mm-hmm. process. You know, always be lookout. Always be on a lookout for, for people who are like-minded, people whom you like to be so that they can become a coach a mentor or a good friend to you yeah. and and follow your passion continue to do what you're doing and and if you continue to do it for 5 10 15 20 years you will see success at the end
Wow, that's a fantastic message for our younger generation. So, Vishak, this has been a wonderful discussion and it was a great pleasure to have you here. And I really thank you for joining us today. Before we part, can I please request you that would you like to share with listeners how they can reach out to you if they want to connect with you? Yeah, if you want to connect with me, the simplest way is come to JCU Singapore campus and we can have a cup of coffee together. Yeah? <laughs> but there are other ways as well. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm active on LinkedIn. Yeah. You know, we just look for you know, Abhishek Bharti JCU and I'm sure you'll chance upon my profile. There is there's a JCU profile as well on the JCU website through which you can you can also yes. uh, reach out to me. And some of the academics, you know, um, if, if or researchers who are keen to engage in terms of uh, research and so forth, um, you know, look for uh, my, my profile on ResearchGate or even in, in other Scopus and, and, and Google Scholar. So these are just some platforms where, where I can look into it. I'm also the Regional Vice President for ITSA, International Tourism Studies Association. So through that also becomes an opportunity to engage in research and happy to, to look into research, whether it's about tourism or about scholarship of learning and teaching, mostly student experience, but that's what I, I usually work on, Manisha. Thank you so much, Abhishek. Thank you for sharing all these ways to connect and with you. And I'm sure our listeners will find a way to connect with you and make sure make use of the research expertise that you have. Thank you, Abhishek. Thank you again. It was lovely to speak to you. Thank you. Bye for now.